Well, I've been off for a couple of weeks with some kind of respiratory infection, but I'm back now. Voice mostly intact, so settle in as I share with you my thoughts on Corporate Agile. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Fall is upon us. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and we're heading into the big holiday season. So it's time to start thinking about what are we going to do with 2024? Let's start planning. Let's start scheming. I want to share with you my thoughts on what's been happening, not only with Agile, but Agile within the context of the world at large. First, I want to share with you a piece of news. My newest course, Rivet the Room, has just dropped. Here's what I believe. In the coming year or two, people who know how to speak and persuade and influence and connect hearts and minds will become invaluable. You go look anywhere and you'll see that the top three in-demand skills are usually leadership or management and communications. But don't just be good at communication. You want to stand out. And that's what Rivet the Room is for. I'm going to put you at the front of the pack. If you're listening to this and it's still Cyber Week, this is your chance to get great discounts. 25% off the normal course retail. Go check it out at badassagile.com. What I want to talk about this week really goes to the heart of your Agile career. Let's talk about corporate Agile. I call it bank Agile sometimes. Let's talk about what you need to know in order to survive and thrive in 2024 because our environment is changing and changing fast. But first, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. If this helps you, don't forget to tell your friends. So let's talk. Corporate Agile, or what I call Big Bank Agile, is the version of agility that corporations buy largely out of their loyalty to shareholders. It's the large organizations who can afford agility. They can afford the talent. They can afford the tools. They can afford the services. They can afford the experiment. And in my experience, the reason why they feel they need it has nothing to do with you, the people who work on your teams, or the employees at all. We learned this year, as the economy compressed in recovery from COVID, an environment of fear, fear of international conflict, political uncertainty, climate uncertainty, economic uncertainty, everything seems to be shaken loose right now. And in that environment, you've seen firsthand that the loyalty of these companies is not to the people. It's not to the employees. It's not to the customers. It's to the bottom line that shows up in the shareholder report. This is not a condemnation, but it is the truth. We've seen the greatest companies, the biggest companies, the most powerful companies, even the most stable companies, lay off 3%, 5%, 10%, some of them even 20% of their global workforce. Some of these companies do it because they need it to survive. But most of them do it because it improves the bottom line picture, the story that they have to tell to the market. Look at shrinkflation. The subtle change, the bait and switch, the minute and trickly change, reduction in size, 
packages getting smaller, gross weight getting smaller, while the prices still manage to go up. Is all of this necessary to remain profitable? Maybe, some of it. But we know for a fact that a lot of it isn't. It's opportunistic. And you might argue, well, that's the free market system. They're free to do that. They're free to charge whatever they can, whatever they can get away with. And you, as a business owner, if you had something that people needed, you'd probably do the same, right? Well, to a point. And this is what I'm getting at. This is the force that you have to pay attention to. People are now keenly aware of the fact that the companies that they love, that they trust, that they patronize, that they support, are leveraging every opportunity that they can in a time where people are breaking at the seams. See, you pull this shrinkflation stuff, these massive layoffs back in 1970, and it would have been easy to sell the story. But now, in a connected age, where even boardroom conversations are not secret, and most importantly, where we're all sharing our collective plight, everything that people are thinking and feeling is obvious. It's out there on the internet. It's out on people's social media. And that's what's getting picked up in the mass media. These private stories are now becoming public. And what's happening that's very important that you need to realize is that sentiment is shifting. We're becoming mistrustful of these big organizations. We want change. And we want it not because we're revolutionary, not because we're counterculture, not because we're anti-capitalist, but because we're burning ourselves out. We have never worked more hours. We have never sacrificed more. We have never struggled to balance work and the importance of our health and wellness, or our families. We've never seen so many people quitting, so many people giving up on their possessions, their homes, their investments, their obligations, so that they can live a more balanced, quality life. Tides are shifting. We're looking for every and any excuse to live better. We'll jump on AI and ChatGPT to make our daily work less laborious, less repetitive. We'll demand hybrid or remote working conditions because we've seen firsthand that we can still produce effectively and eliminate the stress and strain of a commute, crowded office life, and all of the physical, mental, and financial costs that go with that lifestyle. So what's this got to do with agility? I'll tell you what. The agile that we practice in the halls of the banks and the big companies and the government offices is becoming more and more tone-deaf. Because it was designed and purchased and implemented with shareholders in mind, not customers, not employees, not the people that are the firmament of these global organizations, its effectiveness is nearly zero. Granted, there are some teams who do it well. There are some development shops who've become highly tuned machines. But it doesn't happen often, and it certainly doesn't happen by default. So agility is invested in for the simple reason that we think it'll make work not better, but cheaper. And I have news for you, friends. The minute we find a way to automate this out or replace it with something better, your job, your role as a scrum master or a coach is in jeopardy. All of these challenges of being agile and having it deliver on its intended promise are now amplified with the onslaught of artificial intelligence that we've seen in the past 12 months, with the market conditions demanding that we dump workforce, therefore demanding that we do even more with the dwindling number of resources left behind. This is a mess, and it's creating a climate in which we continue to invest in agility for the wrong reasons, 
And when it doesn't deliver, we start to alter and tweak it so that it looks more and more like traditional project management, traditional middle management, traditional task mastering. What's this mean for you? It's simple. If you expect to survive the next two years in this profession, if you don't want to see your job prospects dwindling, if you don't want to see your contracts canceled or your employment jeopardized, if you don't want to see the job description of a scrum master compressed and combined with agile coach, project manager, technical lead, product owner, and others, you need to break the mold of what agile is and does. We need to cancel bank agile immediately. What does that mean? I believe we need to be more entrepreneurial and intrapreneurial. Even if you're a full-time employee, I don't care. You need to refocus your agile talents, efforts, and passions, not on delivering software per spec, per signature, per process, not even on helping business deliver their most valuable outcomes, but instead or additionally to make the future of work better. Work is broken for a million different reasons. Executives want to rush everyone back to the office, saying that we've never been less productive, while we have the people doing the actual work saying they've never been more productive. And they're happier, they're healthier, they have balance. As organizations stretch past the sane limit of how many people can work under one badge, we have no insight into what other teams are doing. Work is being duplicated all over the place. We're working at cross-purposes with different rules, different values, different ideals. Imagine what this does to the identity of a company. This affects who we are. Now, you can try to change this for the biggest of the big organizations, but my core belief is that it's a journey whose destination resists itself. Big organizations simply don't have the will or the collective harmony to truly go there. Now, this message is not for those who love their full-time job. This message is not for those who love working for big corporations and organizations. Just recognize that what's expected of agilists in these kinds of companies is going to change. And you're going to see the subfloor drop lower and lower and lower in terms of fidelity to those beautiful agile ideals. For some of you who want to hear this message, who've always known that it was inevitable, who've always known that it's true, now is your time. Because very soon, it won't be hard to see companies in distress. Companies not at the 100,000 or 300,000 employee level, but companies that are much smaller in the medium space, who are struggling to stay afloat and are willing to do what is necessary to capture the best customers, to capture the best employees, because they know that what they deliver to the shareholders will improve as a result. Do this right. And everything changes. Two or three decades ago, there was the start of a gentle shift towards centralization, the dissemination of choice, the destruction of the small to medium business in favor of the Big Mac consistency of the trusted big box store. But just like we look at a vinyl record 40 years after the introduction of digital music and we say, you know what? I like this better. We're starting to realize that consistent, bland flavor is not a goal worth pursuing. We want freedom, the freedom to choose the best thing, which is not always the cheapest thing, by the way. And you as an agilist might just sense your duty to help companies 
deliver it. Not to use your skills to just deliver software for a bank. Pretty soon, delivering software won't even be a human function. It'll be completely automated. But rather, to help groups of humans working together to innovate, to create something new, to serve better, maybe to make work better, maybe to make commerce better. Better products, better jobs, better balance. And Agilist creates these conditions by minimizing the mindless processes, the endless waste, the focus on the tools, the signatures, the processes, the documentation that slow us down. You know what I think? I think that Agile and Scrum and all of those things have never been things. In the same way that the swipe card that you use to gain access to the building is now just standard issue. There's nothing special about it. It's a tool. It saves us time. It helps us manage access better. But it's no longer a technical wonder to behold. Those days have been over for 20 years now. I think Agile is just part of the way we do stuff. It's a philosophy. And we can teach it. We can train it. We can preach it. We can love it. We can use it. But the days of it being a specialized function are almost over. Instead, Use the Agile skills that you've developed as a way to go from idea to implementation faster, especially if that idea has nothing to do with software or technology. If we don't do this, pretty soon more and more people are going to start seeing agility as a failed experiment, something that we tried, spent a lot of money on, and it didn't yield returns, so we stopped doing it. Those are the judgments of the small minds who can't really see into Agile. As far as they're concerned, it's a switch that they flipped. Like an energy-efficient light bulb was supposed to save us tons of money, and in the end, it didn't really do that. So let's flip the switch off again. Agility is far more nuanced than that. But it's also grown and evolved. And our understanding of how to use it and where to use it and how it brings benefit and where it could really make meaningful change has evolved too. So to sum it up, and I'll be talking about this more in upcoming episodes, the big bank agile is almost dead. Time's running out, which means it's time for you to figure out what do you want to do next with all of these skills that you've invested in? Because there's lots to love in what we've built and what we've learned and how we've evolved. But be careful when you follow a handful of people who claim to have the next best thing, Agile 3.0, or some variation of agility under a different name. Those localized efforts won't have legs. But what will always be valuable is an obsession with creation, creativity, innovation, expression, delivery, excellence, efficiency, and improvement. So start setting your sights on something new for 2024. My friend, it's good to be back. Thank you for tuning in as always. Don't forget to check me out at badassagile.com on Instagram at badassagile. I look forward to seeing you out there and until next time, stay badass. Badass.